You're listening to a special joint podcast from the LSE Review of Books and LSE Equality and Diversity on the subject of the Women's Library. The London School of Economics acquired the library from London Metropolitan University earlier in 2013. The library holds an internationally renowned collection, including UNESCO-recognised documents. The collection covers the changing social and political circumstances in the lives of women from the mid-19th century onwards. The collection developed from the suffrage movement and now includes over 60,000 books and pamphlets, 3,500 periodicals, as well as hundreds of press cuttings, making it a researcher's dream. David Duggan worked at the Women's Library for over 23 years, first as an assistant and then as a librarian, and was awarded an MBE for services to women's studies through his contribution to the library. In this podcast, LSE's Equality and Diversity Advisor, Asia Islam, talks to David about the continued significance of the library and its role in the late 20th century feminist movement. When we think about the women's movement in the UK, there's no doubt that the library provided an intellectual space to women that they might not have had otherwise. But coming to the present age, what do you think is the importance of the library today and what is its continued significance? It is getting a focus on women, getting a woman-friendly space. And not all academic libraries are what you would call particularly woman-friendly spaces. Some are more so than others. But a library that has good academic backing, a good foundation, plenty of history and a plenty of experience in this field which has the reputation of being a place where women who are involved in academic research can come and find what they want and if they can't find it there they know there are people there who can tell them other places where they might find it. And specialising in, you know, just 52% of the human race. And it is quite a specialist area, isn't it? Oh, it is, yes, yes. Yes, and as I say, when it's dealing with half the human race, you'd be surprised how specialist, in quotes, it seems to be. Or how, shall we say, how specialist it is regarded. You know, it's always on the fringe there somewhere. Today, when we talk about the women's movement, there are some men supporters, but at the same time there are men, and indeed women, who oppose the movement. As a man who was involved with the feminist movement and the women's library in the 70s, what was your experience like? Well, in fact, I had very, very little difficulty. I just sort of fitted in. I felt fitted in. Plenty of men at that time, certainly, were supportive in one way or another of the women's movement. And there, were, there was a fairly sharp line drawn. There were those who we knew, you know, were saying, uh-huh, good God, these bloody women, you know, why don't they get back into the kitchen type of... Thing. But those, even in the 70s, those were already an embattled minority. There was, I remember in the 1980s, there was this funny little periodical report out called Vive la Différence, uh, which was to support the, the real woman, you know, the nice stay-at-home woman who didn't do nasty things in public and so on, and who certainly didn't take any part in public life and that, anything like that. And they had a bit of trouble in the 1980s because they actually quite liked Margaret Thatcher. And so a lot of that sort of thing was on that level. Uh, there was an, 
other thing called men's movement, which is about a sort of men's equivalent of the women's liberation movement that I was never really involved in. You know, I just sort of sat there on the sidelines and watched sympathetically, shall we say. But, uh, you know, my movement is the women's movement. Today, when we think about the library, we think of it as a very comprehensive resource. I was wondering if you saw the collections growing during your time at the library. Most of the acquisition of different collections had happened before, it, before the move. And one of the big ones was the acquisition of the Josephine Butler Society Library, which is a tremendous resource, vastly underused, underexploited, because partly it's not as visually interesting as things like the Selfridge Movement. And the materials, most of the materials, look rather grey. The subjects they're talking about are not. You know, there was this, still this idea around that the Victorians never talked about sex. Look at things like the Josephine Butler collection, you wonder if they ever talked about anything else. And one of the things, though, talking about the sort of visual appeal of a lot of things, it was very frustrating in the Fawcett Library because we were stuck in this here basement and we had lots of stuff to display. Marvellous displayable stuff and nowhere to display it. As we were moving, the banners we found just sort of sitting in the Fawcett Society offices. The Fawcett Society was also moving at the time. And in some of the clear out, we see this pile of materials underneath the table. So we got over 50 banners just from that. Again, getting all sorts of this lovely um, museum-style displayable material and very frustrating, having great difficulty in finding somewhere to put it up. You worked for so long at the Women's Library. If you were to talk about one most interesting or exciting thing that you came across during your time there, what would that be? Oh, well, that, that is a real googly. Now... There were so many unexpected things, little things, big things, things that I learned. I learned very early on when answering telephone calls particularly to very often to bite my lip because of what people were going to... I mean, there was one occasion when I had an inquiry from someone who was wanting to know what we had about belly dancing. And I think, I can't remember what I said, but, you know, I sort of gave the impression that we're not that sort of library, you know. You know and, and I got my ear chewed off. <laughs> you know, so how the, you know, the origins of this were antenatal exercises and there was real feminist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, got things like that. Um, and also on the phone, you've got these women saying, Oh, I'm not one of these dreadful women's libbers, you know. Um, and I learned very early on not to say, tough, I am. You know, there is all this talk about, oh, yeah, feminism, we don't need feminism. All these young women who say, oh, yeah, no, we're not interested in feminism. You can pick up one or two feminist issues and see, and watch their reaction. You know, they just don't call it feminism. That was David Duggan talking to Asia Islam. The Women's Library at LSE will reopen to the public on the 1st of August 2013. Visit the LSE Equality and Diversity blog at blogs.lse.ac.uk slash diversity for posts on diversity initiatives in higher education and wider.
You can also find reviews of the latest academic titles at lscreviewofbooks.com. This podcast was produced by Cheryl Brumley. The music came courtesy of Duke Hugh for his song Sweet and Low Down from the Free Music Archive. I'm Amy Mollett. Thanks for listening.